Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, live across the world on the internet. Hello. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, again, broadcasting live across the world at MichaelDukeShow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream and, of course, all, all the uh, all the social media links and everything else that we have for, uh, you know, simulcasting the show on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. <clears throat> and also, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM Translator. Good morning and welcome to Hump Day. Today we've got a, a continuing, a continuance, a continuance of our um, candidate interviews. It's a series of candidate interviews, which is going to continue into the near future because, uh, oh baby, man, I got them lined up and we are knocking them down into October right now. Uh, and so it's going to be, it's going to be good stuff. So, um, today on the program, we're going to be joined by two independents, uh, in the first hour, we're going to be joined by Arthur Surkov, who is a Alaska independence party candidate for house district, or excuse me, for Senate district Q, which is the seat currently held by Rob Myers up in the North Pole area. And then in hour two, we're going to be talking with Heather Herndon, who is an undeclared candidate in Senate District I, which is the, uh, that is the deep blue district down there in, um, in the Anchorage, that uh, the seat that was being held by Tom Baggage and now <clears throat> has just the two opponents, Heather Herndon, the undeclared, Independent and uh, Loki Tobin, who is a Democrat and was the chief of staff um, there uh, in uh, Fort Tom Baggage in Senate District I. So um, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting interview. If Monday was Blue Monday, then today is. I don't know what color do they assign to the independents. Libertarians are yellow. I know that's the uh, independent or that's the uh, libertarian color. So I don't even know what color you assign to if it's red, blue, yellow. I mean, who knows? It's all undeclared independence today. It's Independence Day. That's what it's all about today. And so we're going to dive into that here shortly and uh, get involved in that. And then late in the uh, program, uh, in the final segment of the show, we will open up the phone lines and give you folks a chance to, uh, well, sound off on anything the candidate said or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, your kind of your thoughts on what's happening and so on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at today. <clears throat> so um, good morning and howdy, howdy, howdy. 
Let's uh, let's get no rain this morning. I will say I will report my weather report here from the uh, radio ranch uh, in the Matsu is that there was no rain, no active rain this morning. It was still damp, still wet. The dog was like, really, do I have to? Uh, yes. And yes, you do. And uh, but there at least no, no active rain this morning. And that is a uh, that's a positive as far as I'm concerned, a positive a positive step in the right direction, <clears throat> although it's cold. <laughs> I don't know. What it, it was cold. It was good. Had the window open and it was a little cool this morning, unfortunately, uh, like 40 degrees. So, and you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. <clears throat> As I said earlier, at least it's not snowing at this point. So. Um, all right. So, uh, we get some headlines here this morning to dive into and, uh, we'll get into that now. Um, I'm sorry. I just looked in the chat room and Brian said, remind me again, how all these baggages are related. Um, uh, if you're talking about Nick baggage, Nick baggage is the, uh, nephew of Mark baggage, uh, and the nephew of Tom baggage. He, his dad, is uh, Nick Baggage as well. His dad is Nick Baggage II. Uh, and, of course, uh, uh, originally his grandfather was originally a member of Congress who died uh, back in the day. Uh, so <clears throat> if you're just wondering uh, how all these baggages – and, of course, uh, both he and his father are kind of the black sheep of the family because his father is a uh, author – and a kind of a, 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 a libertarian, and uh, his mother uh, as well. I think his mother was a Republican. Anyway, Nick Baggage is kind of the black sheep of the family. So that's that's where it comes down from, coming down from a long line of black sheeps apparently because his dad was the same way. That's Anyway, that's how I read the – that's how I read the family genealogy for, uh, for, that, uh, uh, for that slice of the family here this morning. All right, uh, shall we get into it and take a look at some of the headlines that are going on around the state of Alaska? Um, <clears throat> some interesting uh, information. There's been, uh, for those of you who've been following this, I don't know how many of you have, but there's been a series of bear attacks in Palmer uh, on various, you know, animals, uh, uh, turkey farm on, um, turkey farm on Monday was the latest one hit uh, and killed something like 20 different 20 turkeys or something, 20 turkeys and some chickens and some other stuff. And, uh, of course, uh, various livestock and, uh, and, and facilities. Well, yesterday, <clears throat> troopers responded to a report of a bear attack on a human uh, in the Matanuska uh, Lake area. Witnesses saw a man carrying a child away from the road with head lacerations, and the troopers confirmed that an adult male and a juvenile male came across a brown bear sow and her cub while hunting. The juvenile male sustained serious injuries and was taken to a Matsu area hospital for medical treatment, and the adult male was armed and shot and killed the sow bear during the attack. Troopers uh, told reporters on the scene that the department will continue to investigate the situation. And they're going to come out with a fish and game biologist and do a full investigation and necropsy and find out what was going on here. They're not sure <clears throat> if this is the same bear who has killed 
uh, dozens of chickens and and attacked. There's been something like 18 different sightings of this bear in the Palmer Butte area, where it's uh, everything from digging in trash and and breaking into things to killing all those chickens and turkeys. Uh, so no report yet as to whether or not this is the same bear, but uh, the people in uh, the people in uh, the Palmer area, um, well they they're not they're, they they can barely stand it. Again, they can barely, they're keeping an eye out. Let's just put it that way. They can, they're keeping an eye out and, uh, and hopefully, hopefully this was the same bear. I guess that's the, that's the big, the big thing. Now, normally we don't deal with, um, uh, national or international things, but this is a pretty big story. So I thought I'd at least poke your, uh, poke it up into your attention so you guys could see it. Uh, Vladimir Putin has now ordered a partial mobilization of reservists in Russia, um, which has got some serious blowback opportunities inside of his own country, uh, where uh, many Russians have been supportive up until now. Uh, after the speech, uh, there, has been, there was a spike of, uh, of plane ticket buying to get out of the country. Um, Russian authorities have tried to recruit more fighters into volunteer battalions and more, and including widespread uh, recruitment of prisons, according to rumors as well. But they're struggling to replenish their troop supply. The total of number of reservists that could be called up are as high as 300,000 reservists. They said they're going to focus on those with previous military experience to begin with, but uh, all the uh, different NATO leaders in the West <clears throat> have tweeted that the mobilization is a sign of weakness and Russian failure, an admission that the invasion itself is failing. Russia has lost the momentum in the initiative after the Ukrainian counterattack that started here uh, just a week or 10 days ago. And they have been on their back heels ever since. Um, the... Of course, a lot of the rhetoric comes to comes back to the idea that they are fighting a proxy war with NATO, which, yeah, I mean, it's we may not be having troops on the ground, so to speak, but we are definitely supplying all the uh, all the uh, material and and uh, weapons and supplies over there. Um, the only this is, you know, and you could see how the disinformation in Russia continues to be. Um, uh, very, very interesting. Um, they are claiming that they have only had, uh, something like just under 5,000 casualties, excuse me, just under 6,000 casualty, 5,900 casual, casualties. Uh, meanwhile, the Western estimates, uh, puts it in the tens of thousands range. And this just shows that again, there are, um, definitely some stress lines along the, uh, along the fight there. And that they're digging in for the long haul. But again, the fact that this could flip the uh, Russians' uh, general public's sentiment uh, against the war is going to be very, very interesting to watch. And, uh, you know, it's been kind of <clears> – <throat> this thing's been going on for seven months now, and you hardly even hear it mentioned in the news anymore. So this will be an interesting uh, – this will be an interesting turn of events to see where it goes from here. But I thought you guys should at least know. That that's what's going on. And uh, finally, uh, Anchorage judge says he's going to make a decision tomorrow morning whether Republican Rep. David Eastman is going to be eligible to appear on the general election ballot based on his life membership 
of Oath Keepers, which the paper, ADN, uh, stresses is a far-right militia group. An appeal to the Alaska Supreme Court is expected regardless of his decision. Former Matsu Assembly member Randall Kowalki, according to the ADN, who filed the lawsuit, has argued Eastman's membership in the group runs afoul of the Alaska Constitution's disloyalty clause, which has never been tested in court. Uh, This will be a first. It bars a person from holding a public office in Alaska who advocates for the overthrow by force of the U.S. or the state government. The leader of the Oath Keepers and several affiliates have been charged or indicted for their alleged conduct in the January 6th riot attack on the Capitol. In an affidavit, Eastman said he has sworn on oath multiple times to defend the Constitution. He paid a life membership fee to the Oath Keepers in uh, 2009, but said he has never attended a meeting and he can't find evidence online that the militia group is active. He did travel to Washington, D.C. in January of 21 to visit Alaska's congressional delegation and to hear former President Donald Trump speak on January 6th, but he denied being part of any violence or entering the U.S. Capitol, and nobody has shown any evidence of either one of those two things as well. They, uh, they're they trying to see if they can get him off the ballot, and we'll see what happens. Right now, uh, Gail Fanumiai, the Division of Elections Director, said that the ballots have already been printed and that the first set will start being mailed on Friday to 2,200 overseas and, un- and uniformed voters She said there are security protocols preventing the state's voting tabulation machines from being reprogrammed to remove Eastman's name uh, from the ballot in time for the November elections as well. Kowalki's attorney proposed an alternative uh, for the judge if he does decide that Eastman is ineligible, including that voters be told by mail that if he is reelected, he won't be able to hold public office. Fanumiai's affidavit said he could also be excluded from the ranked choice voting process, meaning votes for Eastman would go to the voters' next highest choices. Um, this is a troubling. This is a troubling thing. He, I think, Joe Miller's quote of the day is: "This is not public interest litigation. This is political advocacy." I think that's a pretty legitimate. I may not agree with Eastman in his methods on how he gets to a lot of places, but I don't think anybody should be again. This is the slippery slope, and this is what they talked about in the legislature. Uh, I think it was Laddie Shaw that talked about it in the legislature that, uh, you know, what's to prevent somebody down the road from uh, if an organization becomes, uh, <clears throat> you know, loses its mission or, or drifts or whatever, and you were a life member of, say, the NRA or GOA or some other organization, um, that you would then be ineligible because the leadership of that organization decides to go do something bad. I think that's a troubling – I think that's a troubling – and you were a life member. You bought a life membership 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago. I think that's a problematic thing to say the least. But uh, hey, maybe that's just uh, – <clears throat> maybe that's just me. All right. We got to go. We're going to come back. Arthur Surkov is going to be our guest. He is Alaska Independence Party candidate for Senate District Q up in the interior. We're going to start over there. We'll be back. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right. Good morning in the break. Hi. And how are you? How you guys doing this morning? You ready to uh, you ready to do this thing? To do the thing? All the stuff and the things? Yeah, me too. Um, let me get. Uh, I don't see I don't see Arthur Surkov in the green room yet. So let me double check and make sure that uh, I didn't get an email that was. Um, come on. There you go. Let me get an email here to make sure that we've got uh, everything squared away. Um, okay. There's only 108 emails in this chain. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be able to find everything. Okay. Um, all right. So I've got his phone number just in case. It's right here in front of me, but uh, we should be waiting here. Arthur should be joining us here in just a minute. And uh, and see what he has to say. Um, tell him to drop out for his country. Tell who to drop out for his country. Jerry is... Uh, are you talking about Nick Baggage? Are you talking about... I don't know. Um, Susie, they're talking about Nick. I've met Nick in person six times. He's a Ketchikan. He's very conservative and pro-life. Um, he leans conservative on some issues, says Jerrica, but I've listened to him on talk shows and interviews and on many occasions over the last three years. And I'm a hundred percent believe he is more libertarian than conservative. You know, those two things are not mutually exclusive, right? I mean, you could be both a libertarian and a conservative. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm going backwards here. Okay. <clears throat> Man, I had a pear for breakfast this morning and you know how they get a little stringent sometimes? I got a little bit of that stuck in the back of my throat. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> well, Starting to get a little nervous here because I don't see Arthur in the um, I don't see Arthur in the green room, and I definitely don't want to be caught with my pants down here. So maybe we um, maybe we punch his number into the old phone system here and see if we can get uh, him on the phone. We got about two minutes before we got to re uh, rejoin here, so. Let's try that, I guess, and see what he has to say uh, on the phone. Hello? Well, I see the phone's on hold, uh, off the hook. Are you there? Can you hear me, Arthur? Well, that's disappointing. 
I can see the phone is ticking away, but uh, no, no audio. Let's try that again one more time, just in case. Somebody's in a bad location. Well, that means um, I can't hear anything. So, uh, uh, are you there? Uh, are you there, Arthur? No, can't hear him. If you can hear me, Arthur, call me back. All right, we'll uh, we'll try that. But uh, it's not looking good for the old Arthur Surkov interview here. Here we go, the Michael Luke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Well, hello and welcome and good morning to the program. It is the Michael Luke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, FM translator, for those of you who are wondering. Um, I'm just, I'm looking in my, uh, I'm looking in my email now. Because Arthur Surkov is not uh, is not on the uh, he is not on the phone with us right now or in the uh, in the video chat room in the green room right now. Um, I'm trying to I'm just going back through my emails to make sure. I mean he's I've got a calendar invite out, so I know that I did send him a calendar invite. I'm just trying to figure out what. Um, uh, just trying to figure out if I missed an email or something that said, hey, um, where we're at and what's going on. Okay. <clears throat> nope. He says right here, I'll see you next Wednesday. That was a week ago. All right. So I did have the time right. Um, oh, well, maybe I didn't have the time right. I had the date right, but the time and the one time and the thing and the other thing. No, it's 624 to 8 Pacific time. Got it. I don't know. Okay, well, things happen. Things happen and stuff and things. That's what goes on. So uh, either Arthur will join us here in the near future or he won't. Um, uh, otherwise, we will continue and expect Heather Herndon to be joining us here um, in the next hour on the program. So what does that mean? Well, I've got a couple other headlines that I could talk about. Um, or Or I could just, you know open up the phone lines and take some calls for the next 25, 30 minutes because, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how we roll. I say we do, I say we do the phone calls. You know, that's my favorite thing. You know, I love that. All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take some phone calls because 
I deem it so. We're going to take some phone calls and uh, see what you guys have to say on any of the topics that we've hit on this morning or anything new that you may want to uh, talk about. Either one of those is uh, is good for me. Uh, I am willing, ready, willing, and able to uh, to do any of those things. So let's uh, let's let's take a uh, take a crack at it, shall we? Nine zero seven. 433-3150-907-433-3150. If you would like to join us this morning, that's the number to call and give us a ring. want to remind you that this hour of the program is being brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. Uh, you can find them at SatelliteWest.com on the internet. Now, they are... They are your solution people for anything that has to do with communications in the state of Alaska, whether that's, you know, phone communications, uh, internet, email, text messaging. If you're in remote locations, Satellite West can get you hooked up to the Iridium Satellite Network, and you can do all of those things. Internet, again, text messaging, phone calls, uh, email, the whole thing, uh, all of it. Uh, just go to SatelliteWest.com and check those details out there. Special thanks to them for sponsoring the show across the state of Alaska this morning <clears throat> on the uh, um, on the on the uh, on the radio and across, of course, across all over the place. So, um, okay, um, <laughs> I said Pacific. It's uh, six twenty-four uh, a.m. Alaska, seven twenty-four a.m. Pacific. So, for those of you who are that's what is going on. Uh, all right. So what else is going on? I saw an interesting opinion piece uh, this morning that caught my – the headline of it, the, the title of it caught my attention. And, uh, and so I had to go out and read it this morning. And the headline reads, Sarah Palin has cracked the code for electing Democrats in Alaska. <laughs> Which is some serious shade being thrown out there. Paulette Simpson is the author of this. She is the past president of the Alaska Federation of Republican Women. And uh, she lives down in Juneau. And she's got this piece in there, which tells kind of an interesting story. It tells an interesting story of the... um, uh, of the uh, election back in 2006 and uh, of the race against Governor Frank Murkowski and Sarah Palin as they were duking it out in the primary. Now, Palin won that primary, garnering uh, almost 51% of the vote in the primary in a three-way between Murkowski, John Binkley, and Sarah Palin. Um, <clears throat> it goes on to tell the story of uh, Palin and how the Republicans in her neck of the woods, I guess, said that um, she was they were, you know, they were leery of a 42 year old former Wasilla mayor becoming governor uh, because <clears throat> I don't know, too young. I, I don't know exactly why, but. She said, uncomfortable with the prospect of the 42-year-old former Wasilla mayor becoming governor, some Republicans bolted to join the party of Tony Knowles or back the independent candidacy of Andrew Halcrow, both of which would have been disastrous, quite honestly. But um, <clears throat> anyway, for many duty-bound Republicans, she said that the Knowles term was never an alternative and 
And they liked the fact that Palin had Sean Parnell as a running mate, who was a well-respected former legislator who knew how to get things done in Juneau, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, this whole story is very interesting because it breaks down the whole the whole uh, issue of what was going on at the time, um, you know, what was happening, and then the fact that they watched that um, <clears throat> Sarah Palin kind of, you know, imploded after the whole deal. She threw, they said in 2008, she threw Ted Stevens under the bus. She tried to help unseat Don Young. In 2014, she betrayed her loyal Lieutenant Governor Parnell by endorsing Bill Walker. And then finally, this was the, I think this was the, the, I think this was the thing that was too spicy for them to even contemplate. Finally, in August 16th of 2022, the special election, Palin refused to promote a rank the red strategy to keep the congressional seat in Republican hands. At least for now, a Democrat has it. And I think this is the biggest mistake of the entire uh, of the entire race. And if, this is not just a Sarah Palin thing. This is a although Nick Begich has said that he will rank Sarah Palin second, and she has not she is not uh, um you know commiserated with she has not agreed with that. Um I think that's part of the big problem here. Uh somebody said, well she's not saying don't rank don't rank Nick Baggage. No, what she's saying and what some of the thing comments that I've seen have been, you know, just vote like just vote like it's regular. Don't vote like it's ranked choice. Just vote like it's regular, which means vote for your one candidate and be done with it. And that is why uh, I don't remember what the, I told you what the number was the other day. Something like 40. Was it over 40 percent? It was like 42 percent of Palin voters were bullet voters. That was the numbers that when the numbers came in and the breakdown happened, 42 percent of Palin voters were bullet voters, meaning that they voted for Sarah Palin and no one else. Now, it didn't matter because she wasn't eliminated. But if it had. I mean, if, if, if she had been, that would have been telling. And, and this is the problem. Here's here's the main problem on this whole thing. And I know people are probably sick of me talking about it, but I'm just going to keep I'm just going to keep doing it because until we learn, this is what's going to happen. We may not like the game, right? We may not like the politics and the way politics is being played right now. We may not like the game. But we damn well better play the game unless we just want to get slaughtered, right? We may not like how it turned out. We not may, we may not want to participate by the, you know, do all those things. And, you know, we'll just stand here and stamp our feet and say, no, 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 we're not going to participate. But unless we play the game, we're never going to win. Because as long as they have the horsepower to rig the game, to rig it so that the game is being played, we are never, ever going to win. And I'm talking specifically now about the ranked choice voting. I mean, I find it astonishing, even though Nick Baggage said that he was endorsing, encouraging people to rank the red, to vote for him and then vote for Sarah Palin if you couldn't, you know, as your second choice or whatever. A full 20% of his ballots only ranked 
Nick Baggage. Now, whether that because it was anti-Palin sentiment or it was uh, being rankled by the ranked choice voting or whether it was just people misunderstanding how the whole system worked, I don't know. Any one of those things could be true. But unless we play the game, then we have got a real, real problem. Because we're never going to win. You gotta hold your nose sometimes and do the right thing. Did I wanna did I wanna vote in ranked choice voting? No. Did I do it? Yep. And I, I mean I just Chris By, number one, the libertarian write-in candidate. Nick Baggage, number two, okay. Sarah Palin, number three. Do, I mean, do I want Palin? I mean, not particularly. I'm just like, I'm not, it's not that I don't just I don't think she's the best candidate for the job. And I'm going to do the same thing in November. Chris Mai, Nick Baggage, Sarah Palin. So, I mean, what's the problem? If we don't play the game, we're never going to if we don't if we don't play within the framework of the game. I'm not saying that you can't It's like can you cheat in Monopoly? I don't know. I'm not saying you, you just you don't have to be happy about it. But by God, we should be working it out together. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's going to be interesting. Interesting to watch, to say the least. Um, but you uh, you get a chance to go in in there and and uh, make your choice but it, for for the love of god at least rank your you know rank your conservative voters rank the people that you believe and i mean i would say rank the red but i mean i'm also ranking the yellow because i've got uh, chris by on my list he's going to get my first vote now i know people say somebody in the chat room just said it's a non factor that that you deliberate know, Good. Well, that's what ranked choice voting is supposed to be about, right? I can vote my conscience and then vote for the lesser of evils on the other side of it. So, I mean, I'm going to, I will just, there you go. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote for Chris By, and he'll, you know, if he gets a couple percentage points, then great. And then he'll be eliminated and his will roll over to the next round. And then the real ranking will begin from there. Okay, but I'm going to fill out every possible candidate that I could swallow at least. That's the thing. Did I hear that Michael Dukes was accused of cheating on Monopoly only when I was the banker? Only when I was the banker did I do that. All right, Andrew uh, Arthur Surkoff is. Uh, I see that he's popped up in the uh, in the green room here. And so we're coming up on the break, and we're going to take a uh, we're going to take a short uh, break. And when we come back, we will dive into it with him. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Back with more right after this. Now you're cooking with gas. Duke show. All right, Arthur Surkov uh, joining us now. Uh, I see him in the uh, in the green room. So let's uh, go over there and see what he has to say. Good morning. How are you? 
Good morning, Michael. Pretty good about yourself. Good, good, good. Sorry, I thought I'm apologizing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I apologize. Popped in a little bit late. Yeah, no, no uh, problem. I was uh, I was trying to reach you on the telephone too, and I couldn't. Uh, I don't know. It kept picking up, and I couldn't hear anything. So uh, we're just. I wanted to make sure that I had the right day, and I went back and I looked, and I did. So I'm just making. You know, I got a. I got a lot of a lot of balls in the air with all these candidates wanting to get on. Wanted to make sure that I hadn't missed messed up a day. So. Um, we're going to have about uh, 12, 15 minutes here when we come back, uh, Arthur. So we're going to try and squeeze a lot okay. into that. Um, I've got another guest right after the top of the hour. Otherwise, I would keep you over a little bit. Um, and uh, we can uh, we could try and do that there. But uh, if you're ready to jump in, then I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to jump in. Okay, good. We'll hold the line here. I'll be right back to you. I'm going to put you back in the green room. Don't go anywhere. And we will continue here in uh, just a second. All right, folks, uh, make sure that you like and follow the show page. And uh, make sure that you uh, uh, do all the youtube things and uh, uh, and everything else. That is the best way to participate uh, on the program and uh, to be able to be up to date and up to speed, so to speak, on everything that's going on around there. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, being part of it. Coming up on tomorrow's program, we're going to be joined by uh, Kathy Hensley, uh, who's running for the seat in downtown Anchorage, and Louis Flora, who is going to be joining us. Uh, he is uh, down in Homer running against Sarah Vance. So it's going to be a, going to be an interesting show tomorrow for sure as we get uh, as we get into things. Um, all right, let me come back to the chat room here and make sure that. Um, uh, let's make see see what you guys have had to say uh, this morning. The majority of Alaskans are nonpartisan. They're not Democrats. They're not Republicans. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, yes. Tell me something I don't know. Uh, Alaskan votes a person, ideas, and not the party platform. Uh, again, tell me something I don't know. Um, uh, going back here, I'm sick and tired of people saying Nick is a rhino. He's not. Nick is very conservative. Palin is not campaigning in Alaska. 90% of her spending is out of state, not in Alaska. I rank Palin second, even though it made me sick to do it. Uh, I mean, I didn't make me sick to do it. I just don't think that she's the, I don't I just don't think she's the choice for me, but I did rank her. I ranked her third. Chris By. Uh, Nick Baggage, Sarah Palin. That's what I did. You get, you guys do you. Eskimo Libertarian says, don't forget the gold. Chris By is also on the ballot. Yeah, and he's not a write-in candidate this time around. He's not He's not a write-in candidate this time around, which is good. Uh, I got to rank the red push poll last night, said Chris from Twitch. Uh, how'd you answer? How'd you answer? Uh, she has also come out saying that Nick needs to drop out. Uh, you know. That's his personal choice. I mean, if you were desperate to only get a Republican in there, then that move would make sense. If that's if all you were looking for was to get an R in the seat, then that would make sense because he doesn't have the votes to overcome her at this point. But that's a personal choice. If that's all you care about is getting the R in the seat, getting the elephant in the seat, then that's then that's it. If you care about policies and if you care about other things, then it's a whole nother deal. Um, uh, okay. 
the problem is not on his end. I tried since I tried calling. I was getting on through here. I'm Arthur's neighbor. The problem is not on his end. Since I'm Arthur's neighbor, I get what he is going through to get on here. I don't know what's going on. I teased an Alaska Airlines story my dad says on Monday, but not get to it. I'll come back to that. <laughs> that was the woke Alaska Airlines story. Uh, remind me, Dad, and I'll come back to it. All right. Uh, Arthur Surkov is our guest. We're jumping back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair, like a chair. Like and follow. Let's uh, get this thing going on with Arthur Surkov, shall we? Here we go. Of course, I pushed the wrong timer, so it, there's not really, there's really like another 50 seconds going on there. You don't want to have to listen to 50 seconds of music, so I will, I'll, I'll get back to it. Can you post the link? Can you post that link, Michael? Uh, Susie asked me to post a link about 10 minutes of Susie, and I'm not sure which link that you're talking about. I'll have to go back and look at it. Oh, is that the opinion piece that you were looking for? Let me post the opinion piece. This is the opinion piece in the ADN that was paling crack the code for electing Democrats. There you go. I just posted it. I hope that's what you were looking for. All right. We'll try this again. You ready? Here we go. One more time. One more time. Let's do it now. All right. Uh, welcome back to the program. Continuing now, Arthur Surkov joins us. Arthur is a, ow, sorry about that, independent candidate for uh, Senate District uh, Q, which is up in the interior. That is the uh, seat currently being held by Rob Myers. Uh, he's an Alaska Independence Party candidate, and he comes on the program this morning to talk with us. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm fantastic. How are you? Well, you know what? Just a beautiful day in paradise. Thanks for coming on board. Uh, we're kind of having an abbreviated time here because I know that because uh, I've got a I've, we got top of the hour and I've got a guest coming up in the next hour. So let's get right into it. Who are you? Where are you? Where do you come from? Why the Alaska Independence Party? Go. What, who, who's Arthur Surkov? So I'm uh, I'm Arthur Surkov. I uh, I grew up in Delta. Then I then I moved to to uh, Vancouver, Washington for a few years, and then I moved back to Alaska uh, in uh, 2017, early 2017. And I've gotten very involved in uh, with the Alaska Independence Party two years ago. I felt that they they most you know accurately represent my values, um, and uh, so so basically now now I'm running you know under their platform, and uh, I'm a I'm a carpenter, carpenter by trade, do carpentry full time. Um, that's 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 pretty much it. That's pretty the, much the thing, Yeah, the 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 thing that 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 I'm most that I'm most passionate about, probably uh, within the party and and what I'm running about, uh, you know, most importantly, is uh, you know I published an article about this is the uh, silver PFD, the, the the question of the dollar. And the uh, permanent fund dividend being tied to the dollar, and with it being tied to the dollar, you know, if the dollar 
dollar goes under, the PFD goes under, and we're all broke. So I just said, nobody, nobody's really talking about this. Nobody said, hey, let's put 10% into gold. Let's put 10% into silver. You know, let's get some sovereignty in our, in our, uh, in, into the territory of Alaska, fiscal sovereignty. Right. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just bringing this up, you know. So uh, you're talking about backing a portion of the permanent fund with precious metals or some other hard commodity that uh, will retain its value. Is that what your, your point is? Something, something like that. I mean, just getting some gold, gold or silver, uh, physical gold or silver, uh, into into the territory, percent whatever. Just something that, just in case the dollar enters um, a a scenario where it devalues, um, it potentially can uh, default. You know, some kind of situation where if the dollar goes under, we're not broke. Right. Um, what, uh, what was the one thing, I mean, you know, the being involved in politics is a big thing, but there's a difference between being involved in politics and then leaping feet first into a legislative race. Um, what, uh, was there a single thing that pushed you over the edge or is this just kind of a natural progression for you? Was there one thing, what, what caused you to want to jump into the, uh, race specifically, um, as a, as a candidate? What was there, what was the, the final straw, so to speak? Well, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that there's um there's there's like a final straw. I for instance I, I rather like Rob Myers. I respect him uh, immensely. I I I more did it as I realized that you know to to meet people to have a reason to um to get the word out there. The you, you can't just be like a normal guy that's a member of a party, you know. You you need to uh, you need to be running. Then they're like, oh okay, well, what do you believe in? You know. And as I talk to people, I've I found that, for instance, uh, many people are are uh, rather receptive to to the idea of a silver PFD. But you know, just that's that's what I'm really passionate about. Okay. Right now. Well, yeah, because it's not something that I mean, I've been following the PFD and the debate around it, and. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff for years. And I've never heard a discussion on the silver PFD before. So that's a, so that's a, uh, uh so that's an interesting uh, component. Have you had a chance to, do you have any positions on any of the other things? I mean, the PFD, I'm assuming that you would support a full statutory PFD. Is that uh, part of what you're, uh, you know, aside from making it, uh, you know, kind of protecting it from, uh, you know, from the vagaries of a fiat currency, do you do you have a, a position on the PFD itself? Should it be full statutory? Should we be following the law? Should we be repealing SB 26? Should we be getting back pay? Or should we be using a, a 50-50 split? What's your take on, on where the PFD needs to be? Well, I, I think that uh, it, it's, you know, it should be a full PFD. Uh, and I believe that Basically, the the state of Alaska should have no no position, no 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 right to to even legislate on every single session. You know that money is originally intended to go to Alaska. You know, as a proxy for the fact that they you know gave away their mineral rights. Um, should should we ever you know as you know freedom seeking individuals achieve? mineral rights for the citizens of Alaska again, I think that we should just take that PFD, distribute it, the whole thing to the people, and call it a day. Right. The problem right now is that it's the, the state, which by and large is is, uh, is is overspending ungodly, 
uh, only knows how to spend more money. That's just the nature of, of any state. So instead of, instead of, uh, you know, cutting, cutting their costs, they're, they're just biting into the PFD. Uh, cause it's a nice fat chunk of money that, you know, they, they, the citizens have no direct control over. So they kind of, um, you know, they, they they basically steal from it slowly. Right. It's the low hanging. That's, that's it's the, the low hanging fruit. fruit, right? I mean, it's the low hanging fruit, easy to get right. at. It's an easy pot of money to dip out of. And of course, they're uh, you know the top twenty percent never feel it when the PFD gets taken, but the rest of the folks who are the eighty percent and lower income earners, they're the ones that feel the bite on that. Of course. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the state spending is is out of control. I think you and I would be in agreement on that. Uh, and there's always ways to cut. Have you looked at other, uh, you know, sections of the budget? Have you looked at where you think that we could be talking about cuts? I mean, education, health and social services, programs, nonprofit bonuses, giveaways. I yeah. mean, what what do you think? What do you think are some of the places that we can get to here uh, to uh, to cut into? Well, the I think I think that we can cut into into just about every budget. Um, I believe, for instance, in, on health and social services, uh, it's it's my firm opinion that um, in in the United States, as a, as a broad United States, but in Alaska especially, uh, a system that has uh, health insurance, you know, health insurance in general, basically says that somebody is profiting off of off of the sickness of others. Um, that is basically cutting into, in my in my opinion, um, that. Somebody is making uh, a, a sizable profit off of people being sick. Um, you basically, you, you kind of have two options. You let, you let the free market determine medical care, which currently is illegal. Or you, uh, you give people uh, health care, you know, just, a state mandatory healthcare, statewide healthcare, uh, the basic, you know, basic necessities healthcare. That's 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 about uh, healthcare. About about education, I believe. I, I also firmly believe that you just you fired half the damn people across the board. A lot of a lot of a lot of the uh, issues with with education is it's a lot more about compliance with federal regulations, with uh, with federal teaching schedule, with um, uh, basically, with no child left behind policies that that permeate into the entire educational system, right. and if you look at the the consumption of the budget, it's uh, I, I believe like you know sixty seventy percent of our educational budget goes towards towards staff towards towards people who don't interact with with the children right. at all not in the teachers right um, it goes to the not to the classroom it goes to the overhead right um, are correct there, and that go ahead go ahead. That that overhead it, it serves it serves the citizens of Alaska nothing it does it does no benefit to them. Arthur, unfortunately, we're coming up on it. I got it less than a minute here. Give us your elevator pitch on why people should vote for Arthur Surkov for Senate District Q. Well, I mean, the only reason that somebody should vote for me, this, I've just kind of used the election to, to to meet with people, talk to people. Maybe in, in you know future elections, I'll go a little bit more serious. But is if they believe if they believe that the dollar is on its last legs, you know, that if we have five, ten, fifteen years uh, until the dollar itself uh, collapses, 
then then they should vote for me uh, because I will definitely fight to get uh, you know sovereign silver gold into the territory of Alaska so that you know dollar collapses we have we have some fiscal power uh, as a state. All right, Arthur Surkov, thank you so much for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate that, and we look forward to uh, seeing how you guys uh, how you do in the upcoming election. We appreciate you being part of it, folks. Hour two, dead ahead. All right, Arthur, I'll give you one final bite at the apple here because we're in the commercial break, so we got about uh, two minutes. Any final thoughts here, uh, or anything else? Um, uh, you know, anything else you wanted to cover that we didn't hit today? We got about two minutes here. Uh, in general, and one of the reasons why I'm in the Alaska Independence Party, uh, not the Libertarian Party, is I just I just uh, am, am strongly for any kind of independence. Um, so we, for for me, the big big three are fiscal, food, and energy. Um, I I believe that the the uh, Federal Food and Drug Administration's uh, jurisdiction and rules and regulations cause it uh, cause significant problems for selling um, local Alaskan. Uh, you know, like wild, wild protein on uh, Alaska markets. You know, you, you can't, you, somebody can't organize a giant, you know, caribou, uh, you know, hunting and then selling it through Fred Meyer, selling it through, through, through a major store. Right. Um, I believe that that's because of federal regulations, the, 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 the FDA. And I believe that uh, the, the state of Alaska should be handling that in house. Also, all of their food and drug questions, uh, like the DEC and stuff like that. People who have goats and chickens should be able to sell the milk or the eggs or whatever. Is that you, you believe that that's part of the deal as well? Food security. Correct. Well, I believe I believe that uh, the, uh, an Alaska commission uh, should should determine that. Uh, but the but the federal FDA should should get its its paw out of that because the FDA, the federal FDA is bought completely by uh, whoever is lobbying it. Uh, you know, much more powerful people in the lower 48. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, Arthur, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have a website or anything where they describe your views or your points or your silver PFD? You got anything out there? No, no. I mean, I, if you Google silver PFD, you'll find a bunch of articles uh, with me talking about it, but that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, Arthur, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning. And uh, we'll, uh, we look forward to hearing what you have to say again here in the future. Thank you for being part of it today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Michael. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's Arthur Surkov, candidate again for um, uh, Senate, state Senate in District Q, which is up in the interior. Now we move down to Anchorage and we're going to talk with our uh, with our next guest who is the only independent uh, who the only independent candidate or undeclared candidate I guess in uh, District I which is in the heart of Anchorage um, and that is a seat that has historically been held by Tom Beggage, who decided not to run for re-election. Uh, Heather Herndon right now is in the green room. I could see her there. Let's uh, test her audio and see how she's doing this morning. Get things squared away. Good morning, Heather. How are you this morning? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good. Let me turn you down just a little bit. You are loud and proud this morning, so it's good. You've had your coffee. You've had your coffee. You're good to go. 
Um, all right. Well, Heather, we're about um, three and a half minutes from rejoining the radio, which is where we're going to start off here in just a minute. It's just me and you and 48 of our closest friends on Facebook this morning. And so hopefully you're coffeeed up and ready to go. Yes. Okay, good, good. She's all she's all good. All right, well, I'm going to put you back in the green room here for just a second, so hold the line. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to you, and we'll start things off uh, here uh, after we play the theme song and all the stuff we got to do here on radio. Willie Keppel says in the chat room, I always thought that our mind resource percentage should be at the smelter, and a percentage of mind minerals should be held by the state as a hedge against the collapse of the dollar, not to mention keeping all the profits from going straight to the general fund. I was not against that. I spoke to Governor Parnell about that back in the day. I talked to him about potentially, you know, talking about why don't we mint an Alaska coin? Why don't we mint an Alaska coin in gold and silver? Uh, first of all, as a collectible, I think that would be very interesting. And second of all, it's always good to have a little bit of a hedge against, uh, you know, fiat. As we continue to borrow more and more money and we see what goes on, and we've seen companies, excuse me, countries like Brazil, Russia, India, and China, the BRIC nations, we saw them try to create a breadbasket currency here a while ago. Uh, the dollar is only good as long as it has supremacy. And as long as it's the world reserve currency, it is stable per se. But the minute that another currency goes in to take their place or a breadbasket currency takes that place, that's when you get a, some serious inflationary. You think this inflation's bad. Wait till you see the dollar get knocked off as the world reserve currency. Oh, oh, baby, that would be uh, that's like Weimar Germany kind of stuff. That's that's what's going on. All right. Um, let me go here and see what you guys are talking about. Not true in Fairbanks, says Jennifer. Um, teachers and ESSA take up nearly all of the budget. Admin is a small percentage. Well, if that's the case, uh, Jennifer, that is the exception and not the rule because we've seen in the state of Alaska, uh, 40% of the dollars, 43%, I think, of the dollars make it into the classroom, which means that 57% are taken up by overhead. So that's definitely uh, a change and a problem. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling backwards here. Uh, to see what else you guys have to say uh, about anything that came through. Susie said, uh, I want a conservative in the seat. She's talking about the uh, U.S. House seat. If voters don't wake up, there will be a liberal Democrat in our only U.S. House seat, and you can kiss Alaska goodbye. Keep playing games, and that's what you'll get. And that's what I've been saying. I'm saying you have to play the game. You have to rank all the candidates that are available. Uh, and I think it was Brian that said it was amazing to him uh, oh, no, it was uh, uh, Robert in on YouTube who said, I still don't understand the 15K baggage voters who ranked Peltola second. Bullet votes make more sense than that. I mean, yeah, 26% of his votes went to Peltola in the second round, and 20% just didn't rank anybody else. I'm shocked as well. I don't know if there's just some confusion over the baggage name and maybe the secondary votes. I don't know. I can't even answer it. I can't answer it. Uh, I think the bottom line is, though, we have to continue to, if we want more conservative voices, we need to rank conservatives. Not just one and done. You've got to rank as many as you can. All right, we're coming up on it. About ready to start. Heather Herndon is our guest. We're going to get some details from her here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Whoa. 
buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream and links to all my social media accounts and uh, places where we simulcast the radio show every morning, including Facebook and YouTube and Twitch. And, of course, across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to Hour 2 of The Michael Duke Show, continuing now on our candidate interview series. We're trying to interview as many candidates as we can between now and Election Day. And, boy, we got some serious response when we sent the letters out. Lots and lots of people were booking out into October now, and you'll be hearing from as many candidates as I can physically squeeze into the show uh, between now and then. We finished up with Arthur Surkov in the last hour, and now we're going down from Fairbanks down to Anchorage to a Senate District I, which is in the heart of Anchorage. That's a seat that was previously held by Tom Baggage. And right now we're going to be joined by Heather Herndon, who is a non-declared, a nonpartisan candidate, independent candidate uh, for the state house or for state senate in District I. And she joins us uh, right now. Good morning, Heather. How are you? Good morning, Michael. How are you? You know, it's a beautiful day. I'm every day, well. every day above ground is a good day. That's what they say. So, um, so Heather, first, let's talk about uh, you know who you are, where you are, where you came from, and uh, we'll get a little back, a little bit of background on you first before we dive into some of the deep, uh, deeper into the pool stuff. Okay. Well, I'm fourth generation Alaskan. And we've been in Anchorage for 50 years in the same house, which is in my district that I'm running for. District I is downtown Anchorage, Government Hill, Fairview, and Jay Bear, so the joint base of Elmendorf and Army Fort Richardson. All right. And I, I go ahead. have a background in construction. I have a real job. I have accredited degrees. I have a master's in finance and accounting, and I am definitely from Alaska. And don't let my Aunt Susie... Dotson tell you any different. <laughs> Your Aunt Susie Dotson's <laughs> out there uh, uh, taking care of you. Uh, fourth generation. You, I mean, I'm only third generation, but my my family's been here since 1916. So you you got me uh, you got me legged up Fantastic. here on one more uh, on one more generation there. Um, so, yes, you were out in you were out in Big Lake, right? No, no, we were up in the interior. My family comes from the interior. Uh, my folks, uh, my my great grandfather, uh, up on American Creek, out towards Manly Hot Springs, north of Fairbanks. That's where my family got started back in the day. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes. So, great. Um, so, uh, Heather, tell us again. You know, construction. You came to this. Have you been politically active? Is this uh, your first foray? Give us a little bit of your experience with politics. Uh, what, what's your take here? 
Well, I ran for mayor of Anchorage, but I had no idea that it was a $600,000 price tag. Right. <laughs> I only spent $4,000, but I received uh, about 500 votes. Right, right. You got a few in there as well. Um, what what made you jump? You know, this is the question that I love to ask. You know, when exactly did you lose your mind? What exactly, you know, made you want to jump into <laughs> politics of all things in the state of Alaska? You know, what was it? Was it a single thing? Was it a continual buildup of little things? Or was there like one single aha moment where you said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore kind of thing? Well, my family used to be Republicans until... Uh, President Bush went on TV and started talking about the New World Order. Then we looked at ourselves. I'm sitting in the kitchen with my dad, and they said, we're not doing this. So we went undeclared from there. And now it has been a slow buildup of different things we've seen in the news and not not the mass media. I mean, the word of mouth kind of news of what's going on in the world. And it just somebody has to take the helm. Right. And why not somebody who's been here for 15 generations in North America and has seven tribes in their family? Right. Why should that be the person? Um, at least give them a chance. Right. Uh, I, I don't understand. In the primary, there was 1,104 Republicans that didn't vote for me. They voted for the candidates in U.S. Congress, but they didn't vote for the local. Right. And Republicans now outmatch the Democrats in downtown Anchorage. I would think that this is the time. I couldn't change my candidacy uh, back to being a Republican. I mean, now that Liz Cheney's gone and we're kind of clearing them out now of these Republicans that we didn't agree with, I mean, I can come back to the Republican Party. But yes, it has been a slow buildup and I I just can't. Well, we just lost, we just lost uh, Heather. She's coming back. There we go. Uh, we got her again. Um, all right, Heather. Well, let's talk for a, a minute here about uh, some of the big things, the big issues. I'm assuming you've been walking your district and talking to your constituents and doing things like that. What are your constituents saying in the downtown Anchorage area? What are they saying that they are concerned about? What are the big hot issues with your constituents in your area? Well, it's been no new taxes. I got that one pretty fair and clear from the realtors because they don't want they don't sure. want prices disclosed so that there could be new taxes on property. They right. don't want that. Right. And for that, don't no new taxes. Absolutely not. And wait, did we the, just did we just read your lips? No new taxes or is that right. <laughs> I know, but I'm not quoting him. I know, I know, I know. Uh so no new taxes. What else? So the uh the school district having the money follow the child and not necessarily just being part of a school budget and going with their critical race theory. We're not doing that. Right. Okay. We've never done that before. All this stuff just kind of came in here in a very colonistic kind of way. Cause I grew up here. I lived it. I went to these schools. I went to Fairview elementary, which is now a brand new school because they tore it down and built a new one. But still they've changed our culture. And I'm just, I'm just a, completely annoyed by that Um, not just the monetary the things we were promised from the pfd absolutely everybody gets their pfd right we were promised the moon as alaskan children and we didn't get anything right i was very fortunate to have gone out of state to acquire an education from accredited university 
unlike Tom Begich. Sorry, I have to say that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I went to Scotland. I learned so much. And I'm bringing it back now to Alaska. Right. So. You, you, uh, yeah, the PFD is obviously a big issue for folks on this show, and it sounds like for your constituents as well. When you say, you know, having a PFD and guaranteeing a PFD, are you talking about, you know, because everybody, there's always a def- different definition, right? It's a sustainable mm-hmm. PFD, or it's a PFD we can afford, or it's the statutory PFD. What, where's Heather Herndon sit on this scale? I mean, are you for? you know, a sustainable or a statutory or a leftover? What what PFD are you in favor of? The one that's earned during the time period. So, so and not having it managed by BlackRock. I know that this, the staff who is the chief of staff for like the, the legislature was arguing with me, but the Wall Street Journal, sorry, I did read it. The Wall Street Journal said BlackRock was aiming to take care of our manage our permanent fund and I'm I'm against that. But right. whatever it earns in that year, the previous year, is what should be distributed. So you're talking about following the law, the statutory law, right? I mean that's the whole yes. point here. Right. Okay. So following a statutory PFD um, and protecting the corpus of the fund, I'm assuming, uh, as well. Uh, does that include a revocation of SB twenty six, the POMV law? Does that is that something that's on your radar? We have too many laws as it is. We need to go back. I I want to go back every 10 years. We need to go back and revisit what we passed 10 years ago and see if it's still relevant. So, no, I'm just solely for the statutory PFD that it's paid out what it's earned that year and and no garnishment on it. No adding stuff to it. Well, since SB 26 directly conflicts with the PFD statute, I would assume that that would mean that you probably are in favor of revoking that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the other deeper issues. Now, you said you have a master's in finance. Is that correct? Master's in finance and accounting. Okay. So it sounds like you would be uh, uniquely qualified to take a look at the budget and decide, uh, you know, if there's uh, some nickels and dimes that could be picked up in there. Have you had a chance to go over any portions of the state budget yet? Have you looked at it? Have you taken a look at this year's and last year's budget to try and get a feel for where things may be going uh, in the future? Well, really, right now I've started with the uh, educational system. So from Head Start, what we're what we're paying per capita, whether it's federal money or state money, it's between 16,000 16, to 35,000 per student. And what are they learning for that amount of money? And are we getting the best talent to teach us up in Alaska um, and supporting ANSEP as well for STEM STEM program, science, right. technology, engineering, math, and architecture. Right, right. For the construction <laughs> industry, right. Um, you know, we continue to pour ever-expanding amount of, amounts of money into uh, our educational budget, which is the second largest budget item right behind mm-hmm. health and social services uh, in the state. And yet we continue to have uh, some of the lowest scholastic scores in the nation, right? I mean, we're 48th, 49th, 50th in math, reading, science. Uh, you know, we have a one in four never graduate. 
25% of our students, 24% of the students, they don't graduate, even with the, you know, kind of the low scholastic scores that we've got. Um, is more money the answer in the education system in your mind, or is it a fun, yeah. do we need to fundamentally change how we do education? Yes. And I want to do a little sales pitch because Dennis, who is, um, I, I spoke with the heads of 15 of the unions, and they said that they are looking for people in their union schools. So I'm going to make, they said that to me, so I'm going to make good on it. Because I said I wanted to see more 574 Social Security numbers on their payroll. That's what I said. Why, why are you against the Republican side? Why are you against the conservative side? We'll give you the same deal. We want you to make money. We want you to have a house and food on the table and support your family. So you don't always have to go with some other political party that is asking for your soul too. Right. You don't need to do that because I'll give you the same thing. Right. So in speaking to them, they told me to bring them people. So I will bring them people. You'll bring them some, you'll bring them some candidates. Bring them some for the, yeah, bring them some people. Um, when you look at the education budget right now, and of course we were just talking about this a minute ago, that you know, in the university it's something like only 19 or 20 percent of the dollars actually reach into the classroom. In the K through 12, it's like 46, 44, somewhere in that mid 40 percentile range of the dollars are actually reaching into the classroom. So it sounds like, based on just those numbers, that we have a lot of overhead that being sucked up a lot of the dollars being sucked up by the overhead administratives and things like that do you think that's a good place to start as far as finding some efficiencies in government yes and when the earthquake hit us in anchorage it was all the school buildings that had issues so the way they were constructed and that's something else too i don't know um, the overhead for the building itself. And are those classrooms empty? Because people are homeschooling now and quite right. Right. And certainly I believe in, in money going towards homeschooling. Whatever the parent decides is best for their child. I'm not for parents, Patre, of the court deciding what's best for you and your child. So that is, that is another issue. Okay. That should I be elected, I would be facing as well. Heather Herndon is our guest candidate for state Senate in District I. We're going to continue with her here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll continue again with our candidate interviews. Heather Herndon, our guest. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, we're in the break right now. Commercial break uh, rolling here. Heather Herndon is our guest here, candidate for state senate in District 
I uh, as we go through. You said you're focusing on education, uh, but have you had a chance to peel into any other parts of the budget or as you've been watching? I'm assuming you've been watching the process uh, in the legislature for the last couple of years. Any thoughts uh, as other areas that you might want to tackle as you get into this uh, at the state level? Well, I have some things I want to explore. Um, rather than build a railroad and wipe out more of the moose population, I want to uh, talk. I want to see if some of the vehicles that have been in the military, if they couldn't be used for civilian use. That's one of the things. Transportation certainly that's the highest cost when it goes out to rural Alaska. For downtown Anchorage. Uh, the school district, the things that are important here, but it's beyond Anchorage. I would like to speak to the farmers out in the valley as well, because I know we can only feed 40,000 people for a week in Alaska. And prior to that, you were speaking about a bread bread basket currency of, go- of mm-hmm. coins minted right. mm-hmm. here in Alaska for gold and silver, which I spoke about that in front of the, that was one of my answers to the union question when they sent me uh, their questionnaire. And I agree, I think we should do that just as a precaution. And they said, well, you're not supposed to print your own currency as a state, but there's a provision for gold and silver. And then there's also the 10th amendment and we need to start exercising that more. Well, and as I said earlier, my suggestion to Governor Parnell, I mean, Jesus is 15 years ago, was that you create an Alaska minted coin in gold and silver, and it could be multiple denominations in gold and silver, and you market them as collectibles so that people buy them and they have a piece of Alaska, you know, Alaskan gold, Alaskan silver. Uh, And then if anything ever did happen, you would have the ability to either ramp that up or have those in circulation and use them uh, in that regard as well. I mean, you could have, you got, you know, you got South African cougarans. Why couldn't you have an Alaskan Nanook gold piece or something like that? You know, it could be done and it would be a potential hedge against any kind of uh, monetary problems for sure you know as far as getting things out to the villages um, you know I'm I'm often wondering if we're missing the boat obviously a road is a very <clears throat> reliable and steady uh, means of transportation but it's also as you point out very expensive uh, Deshana and I have talked about Deshana's in the chat room and she said this she says immediately she says Air sh- airships yes. yes I mean dirigibles and there's other technology I don't know why mm-hmm. we're not exploring all of these things to be able to do that kind of stuff uh, it's hard to get out of your lane once you're in the lane and you're in the track to do something it's hard to get out of there and sometimes you need fresh ideas to come to the table Yes, and the mining industry as well. I understand that the people around Pebble Mine have said no, and that that should be respected, but there's other parts of Alaska. I mean, Susie Dawson could certainly tell you about Bokan Mountain and rare earth minerals being mined in Ketchikan. But the major concern is all those tailing ponds because that's ruined, ruined rivers and, and water sources and our wildlife and everything. So that's a major issue. Now going about my education, uh, I have met so many people and scientists. I found a scientist that can bond gas to a solid. So as far as filtration system, I think we should go above and beyond the filtration system for these mines. And then they'll say, okay, well it's a, it's a cost. Right. But I mean, I would be interested in diving into that because that's my background. I create 
performas. I create private placement memorandums. I create financial instruments for investments to build buildings. So I, I would be interested in, in looking into that. Yeah, absolutely. We're about 30 seconds out here, uh, so okay. we're going to put Heather back on hold for just a second here, uh, mute her out, and we're going to rejoin the radio. We're going to talk for just a minute about educational choice, what she was talking about, the funding following the student, what we call backpack funding. Uh, we're going to discuss that further, <clears throat> see if she's got some ideas on that. Uh, but right now we're going to rejoin the radio. So please, folks, like and share this video. Like and follow the show page if you haven't done that already. And, of course, uh, don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube, do all the things on all the channels. Here we go. Jumping back into it, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Right, rocking it out a little early this morning as we get ready to continue now. Our guest is Heather Herndon, who is the uh, candidate for Senate District I, State Senate District I. She's an independent, but I would classify her as a conservative independent. I guess I probably wouldn't be too far off on that. Heather, am I right on that when you look at... Uh, that is correct, If yes. I'm going to die, because it's hard these days. I'm not taking away your guns either. Yeah, no, it's hard these days. You know. It's hard these They're days. Yours. When you see all the candidates and they're like, I'm uh, independent. Well, you are a Democrat. Yes, but I'm an independent because now they know that, of course, that's more palatable to many Alaskans than uh, than the idea of a D behind their name or even an R behind their name. That could be there's more independence in Alaska than anything else in any registered political party. So that's uh, that's for sure. Yes. Before we went to break, um, we were just talking about um, uh, educational funding. And you talk about the funding following the, the student, giving people choices, giving parents choices. We call that around here, have been calling it for a while, backpack education, where the funding follows the student, not necessarily going straight to the school. It's the student or the parent of the student who gets to decide where those dollars go, and those dollar amounts follow the students. Is that kind of what you're advocating for so it can go to a – public school or a private school or Montessori or homeschooling or charter school or magnet school or whatever new thing they dream up. That's what we're talking about. Is that kind of the direction you're going? Yes. And I could also tell you how I received my education as I tested out of all the lower division things, including high school. So I was taking courses at night to get out of high school in three years instead of four. And then I tested out of all the lower divisions and just took what I wanted in the upper divisions, what I really wanted to learn. So you can do this too. This is not special. They right. started creating a program for it, but you can do it if you want to. So it's up to you what you want to do and what you want to learn. And I'd like to see it on a career path. I'd like to see more entry level positions here for that join up to the education process, whether it right. be vocational school or traditional school. 
Right. I mean, in trade schools, I mean, we've we've been talking about that, and it seems like we're having a fundamental shift in America. The idea that, uh, you know, somehow every child has to go to college seems to be slowly falling by the wayside, and people are starting to understand that trade schools, vocational ed, you know, some of the blue-collar things, uh, uh, you know, construction and electricians and truck drivers and welders and mariners and all these other kind of things – these are the you know these are the, the the places where many kids are now electing to go because number one it's a, it's a, it's a path forward without collecting debt uh, and number two you're seeing many many kids who are going to college coming out with a degree and never getting a job in their field of study and being in debt a tremendous amount so those are fundamental shifts in the educational system uh, that I think we need to encourage what do you think yes I do too because there's always going to be a job for electrician. Our, we have an energy-based economy. So there's always going to be certain jobs are always going to be there. Well, we're always going to be building things. We're always going to be uh, fixing things. Uh, we're always Wild hairs today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, as far as the backpack funding, do you have any kind of idea as far as how the mechanism is going to work? I mean, do you have any suggestions or models that you've taken a look at from different states or any place else that you would suggest here in the state of Alaska? Well, I want to take something out first. I want to go after the QC, QC QV money the, out of the public charitable trust that's there for each individual and you determine what you spend that money on. Certainly the money that could put you in jail is the same money that can send you to school. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And if we pass a law for that, all I need is a probate judge and your signature to do it. Okay. So, and how does that work? Cause I've never heard of this. So explain. I know edu- nobody's ever heard of it. I'm just learning about it myself. Educate like, me. A l- educate me a little bit on this. What are you, what are we talking about specifically? Well, each person has, each American has a SESQV trust money out of the public charitable trust, and that's that's where they get the money to put you in jail. Okay, the, the bond money is just for the building, and maybe for some administrative costs. Right. But I'm saying if that money could be spent to put you in jail, that money could be spent to put you in school. Right. Should there be like a voucher system and you think, or should it just be, uh, I mean, should again, should each child be assigned, here's your student ID number for the state of Alaska, and here's the, here's the, the, here's the forms for drawing money out of this account to spend in the school that you like. If you like going to your local public school, then you, you go in and you hand them the voucher, or if you want to go to a private school, you hand them the check, or if you're a homeschooler, you can, you know, I mean, what, how, how do you see it works? It's a check. So, Each individual will determine their needs. We'll make a list. We'll total it. We'll go before a probate judge. We'll take it out of your SQV trust money. And then you will write a check. You will say, okay, I'm going to pay this this school or or this professor to teach me or this trade school to teach me what I want to learn for this year. So it's not going to be a voucher system. The, The government is there to uphold your rights, not to be your babysitter. So it's time the your rights come back to you to determine what you want your life to be. That's part of being American. But wait, that's a politician's disease, isn't it? That they know better than you somehow how to run your life? Isn't that what we're all supposed no. to believe? Mm-mm. They don't know better than you how to run your life. 
I'm certainly not going to run your life, but I'm going to make you grow up and be an adult and start taking responsibility for yourself. And you don't, you haven't even been taught how to do that. <laughs> so that's part of a, a learning curve, how you go about doing that. Right. Because we've gone way off track in this country. They've taken your rights away. I'm 15th generation American. We were here before Jamestown. I have my patent of nativity to prove it. Right. So it's time for you to be in the driver's seat. Right. Um, other issues of the budget, of course, we've got, you know, health and social services. I mean, even other portions of education. I mean, the university, you know, we've got three different university systems inside one university. So we've got duplication of effort. We've got 53 different school districts, some of them with just a handful of kids. I mean, should we be consolidating and uh, and doing that kind of stuff? Should we be consolidating and finding efficiencies there as well? I mean, as a finance major, wouldn't you say that might make sense? Yes, but in the long term, I think they should have to work for your dollar in order for them to exist, just like any other business. You're talking about competing for budget dollars versus having a standardized formula that automatically pays Not them? for budget dollars, for your dollar. <laughs> See, it's your dollar when it comes out of your SESQV trust money, it's your dollar. And you're determining where that goes. It's not... See, what they do with public charitable trust, they take and they liquidate the treasury bills and then they have this budget and then they have all these, as, as Kirka would say, they have all these strings attached. It was your money to start with and then they went and took handfuls out of each of our trust money, each of ours, it's individually. Right. And then they created this budget and then the budget got so gluttonous but it wouldn't be that way if they had to fight for you to pay them to come and learn at their school. If you were making the decision right. instead of the legislature making the decision for you right. and then getting these federal, what they call federal money. It's not federal money. It's your money. And they've repackaged it. They've taken handfuls out of each of our trusts and they've repackaged it and called it a grant and sent it to you sent it to specific people that are aligned with their political agenda to keep right. them in power. So you're talking about, again, uh, the, comp the, the, the idea of competition, a competition breeding success, uh, you know, mm -hmm. giving people the option to choose so that they can choose the best choice for their situation, uh, regardless of, yes. you know, what the what the outcome is. Um, we got about uh, three and a half, four minutes here. Uh, what other, you know, what are the things, if, if, if I wave my magic wand, I'll wave the magic wand, and Heather Herndon is now the state senator for District I. What are the first things that you're going to tackle as you go into the legislature? What's uh, you know what 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 are what what would we be seeing from Heather Herndon? Well, the first thing I'm going to do before the ink's even dry and I'm even sworn in, I'm going to go talk to Mayor Brunson down at City Hall in Anchorage. So, I'm then after my take my oath of office. I'm going to proceed. Now, I, I've been told that amendments get passed more than just writing up a whole new original bill. Right. That people don't want to read because it's too long. I don't know if there's an abstract to it or if that's allowed. But I probably proceed with amending what was there. In addition to getting functional expense reports from all of these 
uh, not 501c3, 501 designation nonprofit organizations or foundations that is public information and start tracking it from the budget to what they're reporting on their 990 tax return. Right. So double. And then start looking like what you're saying. Is it going towards, I mean, 16,000 to 35,000 per kid? That's a lot. Yeah. Well, we're spending more than almost, yeah, we're spending more than almost any other state in the nation on education. And yet I think we're in the top three. I think New York has got a couple. But we're not getting any bang for a buck. But but again, we're, yeah, we're in the lowest percentile for educational achievement. So, I mean, what are we getting? I mean, the return on investment, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. the ROI is pretty poor at that point. So the answer obviously Mm -hmm. shouldn't just be more money. Uh, That should be maybe a fundamental change in the whole system in and of itself, right? And that's what you're talking about. Yes, but you can't turn the ship all at once, right? You have to navigate through part of it and start changing it. And part of changing it is for voters saying that it's a fair election for voters to vote their candidates in to do so. Right. Okay. Uh, final thoughts here as we wrap things up, Heather, uh, any kind of uh, final uh, you know, uh, ideas? And then uh, give us your elevator pitch for why people should choose uh, Heather Herndon over your opponent. You've only have what you're, I guess you're lucky you only have one opponent in this race. It seems like everybody else has got half a dozen. Uh, but between you and your opponent, why should people choose Heather Herndon um, for uh, the state Senate in District I down in your district? What uh, Give us the, the elevator okay. pitch and, and uh, hit us with it. And, and, and again, any way we can contact you or websites or anything else. Okay. So my opponent is complete 180 from myself. She's she's a flaming liberal and things will just continue as usual. And you'll go continually go down this path of CRT, critical race theory and gotten gluttonous budgets and more money. Oh, we always need more money versus me, who's fourth generation Alaskan. Master's in finance and accounting, been here in the same in the district I'm running for for 50 years. Um, my candidate is, is from out of state and she's never had a job except working for Tom Begich, whereas I've had a job in some serious construction doing mid-level up to mid-level high rises of type one construction, stick build, multifamily, neighborhood shopping centers. I'd love to redo the Northway Mall if I ever got my hands on it. Uh, and so my my web address is herndonforak.com and my google phone is 925-276-2298 if you would like to contact me my email address is hm underscore h-e-r-n-d-o-n heather herndon right okay at icloud.com and i look forward to hopefully getting get getting in there and hit it hitting the ground running certainly i'm going to uh, and speak to people on J-Bear as well. Right. Is they're part, part of this system, even though they are nervous about voting in our local elections, I'm telling them I want them to vote. So please right. do. All right. Well, Heather Herndon, good luck. I mean, this is, a <clears throat> again, historically a blue district. So this is an uphill battle uh, for sure. But uh, it sounds mm-hmm. like you've got your feet on the ground and you're doing uh, doing the work that needs to be done. So we appreciate you coming on board this morning and sharing with us. Thank you for being part of it. Thank you for having me, Michael. You bet. All right. Well, hold the line for us for just a second, Heather. Folks, we're going to be returning here in just a minute. 
Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. I'm going to throw the phone lines open up next. We'll see what you guys have to say about our candidates for today and anything else that we want to talk about. That's all coming up dead ahead. Again, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is The Michael Duke Show. Back with more right after this. Mental Suppository. The Michael Duke Show. And we're in the commercial break. Heather Herndon, our guest. And as usual, we'd like to give the candidates one final bite at the apple where they're not up against the clock. And so uh, anything we didn't cover, any topics that we missed or something that you really wanted to hit on or jump back to. And then, of course, a, a little bit of an extension. Ended time to make your final pitch again, Heather. Um, your your thoughts there? Anything we missed? Anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't? And uh, your extended elevator pitch this time around? Oh well, I, I could I could sit here all day with some of the things that I think we should do and and have an engaging conversation back and forth. Um, I certainly want to speak to the farmers, which is out of the purview of downtown Anchorage and Jay Bear, um, our military, of course. There's many things that I want to get my hands into. Sure, sure. That's that's the that's the important part. Uh-oh, it looks like we locked up again here with Heather. Uh, <clears throat> not able to get her uh, on. We'll see if she reconnects here in just a hot second. Folks, do me a favor. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Um <clears throat> If you would like to uh, uh, to sound off, you can do so here in the chat room, or you can give us a call at 907-378, uh, excuse me, 907-433-3150, um, Heather, uh, Heather's phone uh, locked up there, her thing locked up there. I don't know if this is her calling back or not, but we'll see. Good morning. Who's this? Heather Herndon, sorry, I just lost you on camera. Yeah, yeah I don't know your your <laughs> your your audio your video locked up. So I'll give you the final bite at the apple here. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I would just like to have uh, everyone turn out, please. We had a very low voter low voter turnout on the primary, and please just come out and vote. That's that's it. That was that was short and sweet. All right. So just come yes. out and vote. And again, Herndon for Alaska dot com. Is that your uh, that's your website? It's actually a K. So Herndon, Herndon for a K dot com. OK. Yes. All right. Thank you. Well, Heather Herndon, thank you so much for coming on board this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Have, have a great day, everybody. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on board and joining us this morning. <clears throat> Heather Herndon, um, our guest here on the program as we uh, as we uh, wrap things up. Okay. Um, Teresa says, people who refuse to rank the red are going to be responsible for that if it happens. This is if, because Bonnie said, Peltola is going to remain in office after November. Alaska will be a park. And Teresa says, people who refuse to rank the red are going to be responsible for that if it happens. Again, we've got to play the game, folks. Uh, I know you don't want to play the game. I know you don't want to participate. I know it irritates you. I know that you feel 
cheated and slighted that ranked choice voting came in. I understand all those things. But the bottom line is, is that if we don't play the game, we can, uh, if we don't play the game, then we're going to be left on the sidelines, essentially. That's what's going to happen. That is what's going to happen. Good, she's gone. I can turn my sound back on. Was there? Was it too loud for you, Susie? Should you have turned it down? I don't know. It sounded good to me on my end. I don't know if anybody else was having problems with the sound, but sounded good on my end. <clears throat> All right. Um, Bill says, I like this young lady. It would be intriguing to see what we sh- she would do with the state budget. Oh, yeah, that would be an interesting day for sure. James says, it is possible for the full statutory PFD and SB 26 to correlate uh, or I think coexist is probably what he means. However, opponents use SB 26 against the full statutory PFD, use it as a tool because there would be nothing left over for the government if both statutes were followed. SB 26 needs to be repealed, period. Representative Eastman had a bill to repeal it last session was co-sponsored by Kirka. And I know several other legislators have said that they already have in the wings, they have got a... Uh, uh, they have got a bill uh, or are putting a series of bills together to remove uh, SB 26, which is the POMV formula for the constant or for the uh, uh, for the permanent fund dividend, uh, the permanent fund, rather, not for the permanent fund dividend. Politidic says time for a con con and use it to consolidate the 54 school districts into three. Since legislators don't have the will to do it, time for we the people to do it for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if three is the right number, but I definitely think 54 is probably too big. We could, you know, we could reduce it down to a dozen school districts and still be well money ahead at that point. I mean, I think that that would make complete and total sense as far as as that goes um, through here. Um, I'm just looking here. Laura says, let's try to get numbers on this around the state. Percentage of actual teachers in an actual classroom with students versus staff and admin. I think folks will be shocked at the amounts of funds, not to mention looking at the class sizes because of how they allocate positions. And I think what Laura was saying earlier was that there are positions that, uh, uh, were teacher positions, but they didn't actually have students, but it still counts against the class size, which is interesting. Um, all right. We got uh, to continue here. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. All right. Uh, welcome back to the program. One final segment this morning of the show. Want to remind you right now that coming up on tomorrow's program is Kathy Hensley, who is also down in Anchorage. She is a uh, former mayoral candidate, uh, excuse me, assembly candidate for down in uh, Anchorage. Um, one of the conservative crowd that uh, tried to run for borough assembly down there. She was defeated, but she's back now in the uh, she's back now in the race uh, for the state house, and uh, she's actually done fairly well. She is in T- Chris Tuck's district, 
and she actually uh, is edging Chris Tuck or uh, edge, uh, Chris Tuck withdrew. I'm sorry. Andy Josephson was redistricted into the same district, and she's actually uh, doing fairly well against uh, uh, Andy Josephson. So this should be an interesting uh, discussion. She's a registered Republican. She's going to be joining us in hour one. And then in hour two, we're going to be talking with Louis Flora. Louis is the, um, he's not a Democrat. He's an independent, I think. Uh, independent down in the Homer area running against Sarah Vance. Uh, and we will get uh, we'll get the full rundown with Louis tomorrow in the seven o'clock hour. So that's what's coming up then. And then next week, uh, we've got more Mike Insolaco, Sharon Jackson's going to be joining us, Cliff Grow, Jessica Wright, Rosalind Casey, Stephen Wright. Uh, and then the following week, uh, we've got uh, uh, J- uh, Cunningham and Ginger Bryant, and there's a bunch of different – a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff, and we're still booking more as we speak. So should be an interesting few weeks here as we uh, bring in all the different candidates uh, for uh, for discussions here over the next few weeks. Again, just under six weeks right now until Election Day, and um, – it's it's more important than ever that we participate in the madness that is uh, this voting system, ranked choice voting and everything else. Um, and I'm just going to continue to say it. I know that there's some of you out there who are like, I'm voting for my one candidate and that's it. I'm not participating in this crap we call ranked choice voting. I think it's a scam. And so I'm just going to vote for my one candidate. Well, <clears throat> that is your right to do so. I would not say that it's not. But at the same time, if you fail to rank the conservative candidates, you your vote is, you know, it has a great chance of being the ballot has a great chance of being exhausted. And then what are you going to do? Right? I mean, and th- I mean, we will have no room to complain. We have to play the game if we want to win. Now, it doesn't mean we can't change the game down the road. doesn't mean that if we get the right candidates in there that we can't remove or revoke or rescind ranked choice voting. doesn't mean that we can't, you know, change some of the rules down the road of the game itself in, in other ways. But if we don't play to win, we're going to lose. Again, you look at all the different candidates that had a single... Um, you know, single votes. We call them bullet voters. Somebody in the chat room, Hawk, just said, do they call them bullet voters because they shoot themselves in the foot? Maybe. Maybe that's – I don't know why, but it's – you know, you can't just do the one and done. Can't just do that. You got to be paying closer attention. You got you got to participate. You know, rank the red or rank the conservative, whatever works for your – I'm not just ranking the red because I'm voting for some of the libertarian candidates as well. I mean, that's just – that's who I am. That's the, that's the direction I'm going. But as long as you're ranking conservative candidates, I think you're pretty darn safe at that point. I think that that's a pretty good idea is ranking the conservative candidates. But – We've got, I mean, we've got to, we've got to participate. We can't just sit it out and be like, I'm going to do just the one and that's all I'm going to do. No, you can't do that. You cannot do that. 
Um, uh, I wanted to remind you, uh, I got a notification here. Uh, Elijah Verhagen, who's running for Senate seat R up in the interior against Click Bishop, they are holding a um, chili cook-off and dinner fundraiser tonight, 6 to 8 p.m., over off of uh, Broadmoor in Fairbanks at the home of uh, Myra and Richard Neff on the Chena River. Um, and so you can go over to his Facebook page and he's got links up and stuff like that, but it's a chili cook-off. It's a homemade chili. It's a, for competition, just get a meal, taste the chili, vote for your favorite at the end. We'll declare the winner. The winner goes home with a prize. It's a big chili cook-off and dinner fundraiser for Elijah Verhagen, Senate District R. That is tonight, 6 to 8 p.m., at 2101 Broadmoor in Fairbanks. So if you want to participate in that, I would suggest you jump in that as well. And, oh, look, Elijah Verhagen jumps on the show this morning. I just see him in the chat room. Two calls on hold. Let's go over here and start with your phone call, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Michael. This is Bubba. Good morning, Bubba. Very quick. I'm from North Pole. Yep. Um, the frustration that a lot of the, you call them bullet voters and what have you, a lot of us out here, I'm going to do the ranking because you don't vote, you don't give it. But when you got 300 people show up to a Joe Biden rally, oh, and if Obama was there, maybe 400 people show up. Sure. And you got 10,000 people show up to a Donald Trump rally. And then Joe Biden gets 83 million votes, you know, the highest number ever. And, you know, we just, we know it's not right. Everybody knows it's not right. It's just frustrating. Well, you I have to somehow get the integrity back. Right. Well, look, I know that it's frustrating. I know a lot of people are concerned about that voter integrity and things like that. All I can say is don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't just stop because you're frustrated. I understand that. If there's issues, we need to we need to suss it out. We need to fight about it. We need to you know struggle and get that done. But don't grow weary in well doing, Bubba. I mean, I I agree with you. And like you said, you're going to rank it, even though you know hold your nose, do whatever you need to do. But we just we can't stop fighting it. We can't just throw our hands up in the air and say it's not fair and we don't want it. We've got to keep going. And uh, that's what we need to do. Thank you for your call. Let's go over here and take another call. 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randy. What's on your mind? I just agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying about we should rank the red. And yesterday, uh, Nick Begich, candidate for Congress, was on the Problem Corner radio on KFBR here in Fairbanks. And he must have said about... At least two times, I think it was three times, he said, rank Sarah Palin second. So he's putting that out, and I hope that uh, uh, Sarah Palin gets on the bandwagon as far as this, and I hope some of her supporters urge her to do this because Nick Begich is doing it. You know, he sees the sensibility of that. And um, anyway, I agree with you. No, I mean, I and I appreciate that. Begich has actually said that several times, even before the primary. Um, and what I have heard and seen from some of the comments and some of the tweets and things from Palin was, you know, people saying, you know, because of ranked choice voting, just treat it like a regular election, just vote one and done. And I think that was reflected in the 40 something percent of her of her voters who only ranked a single candidate, Sarah Palin. Um, I think we've got to play together. I think we've got to work together to make this work. Um, this idea of circling the wagons and annihilating each other is just not 
is not working. I mean, it's it's obviously not working. Peltola is now in Congress. Uh, do you want her to stay there? Uh, you know, if, if you want a Democratic candidate, that's how you get a Democratic candidate in, is you basically shoot the, you know, circle the wagons that shoot inward. You have to push that message of ranking the red and ranking all of the conservative candidates on the card and not just ranking one. I agree with that, Randy. Yeah, and I think like a long time ago, I heard Sarah Palin referred to as Sarah Cuda. <laughs> I, I think that I heard that. Right. I hope she won't be a Saracuda, you know, a uh, Barracuda, you know, <laughs> uh, be vicious about this. You know, yeah. don't be spiteful. Let's just get conservative in there. Right. Either her or Nick Bates. Right. Well, that's the thing. Thank and, you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. And I, and I agree. I mean, if you want a conservative in there, maybe it's not your brand of conservatism. Maybe it's, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're not your first choice as candidate. But you need to get out there and rank all of the on every ticket, every ballot. You need to figure out who's the conservative candidates. And if there's more than one, vote for more than one. If there's only one, sure, vote for one. Uh, but if you, you know, but at that point, maybe you've got four candidates and one you can really vote for. And the other three are meh or maybe one you absolutely cannot vote for. Maybe you rank some of the meh candidates ahead of the one you can't stand. I mean, you know, you got to be strategic about this. You can't just, you got to hold your nose and do it. Close your eyes and think of England, right? I mean, that's the, that's what you got to, all right. We're out of time. Tomorrow, Kathy Hensley, Louis Flora going to be our guest candidates uh, from across the state. We will continue then, my friends. Thanks for coming on board and joining us. Don't forget to check us out at michaeldukeshow.com and join the core to be a member of the Common Sense Corps. Be kind, love one another, live well. Okay. And I agree, uh, says Kathleen. Uh, she says, it's Nick Baggage voters who put Petola in the office, not Sarah Palin voters. Not enough Nick voters rank Sarah. I know. I mean, I agree. But again, you look at what Sarah's when they tabulated everything and they saw that 40-something percent of Sarah voters didn't vote for a second choice. What if it had gone the other way? This is not just, this is not a blame game of one-way street, two-way street. This is everybody needs to come together. Everybody needs to come together. And do it. Anyway. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming in and being part of it. I don't know how I killed the music, but I did. We're going to be back with more tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will see you then, my friends. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 